Hello and welcome to the Pivoting Online Podcast, where we give you every tool you need to successfully set up your business online by sharing tips, strategies, and inspirational stories of how other small business owners just like you have transitioned online and are successfully navigating COVID-19. Get ready to take notes and let's take your business online. Hello and welcome to the Pivoting Online Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest who has actually been featured in publications such as the Globe and Mail and Huffington Post. So today's guest is Dwayne Peel, who is the owner and executive director of Canadian Small Business Women. A lover of entrepreneurship, volunteering, and networking, Duania strives to inspire aspiring and current entrepreneurs in Canada. A chemist and political science by training and education, but an entrepreneur at heart, Duania has started two successful businesses since 2008. In 2013, Canadian small business women began serving as a platform for aspiring and current small business women of Canada. Through e-courses, blogs, online chats, seminars, and expos, CSBW provides avenues for entrepreneurs to showcase their expertise. Dvania continues to make an impact by appearing as guest speaker at various entrepreneur events and by guest appearances on panels across the GTA to provide valuable insight to those in need. Dvania also champions the success of immigrant entrepreneurs, and this is reflected in her new book, The Power Within, inspiring stories of female immigrant entrepreneurs. Wow, that's quite the list of accomplishments there. Welcome, Dwayne. Thank you so much for being on. Olivia, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you. So I need a clarification in your wonderful bio introduction there. What is GTA? Oh, Greater Toronto Area. <laughs> ah, yes. I've, I thought that that's what that meant. Just wanted to clarify for anybody else who's listening who might be wondering. So you're hailing and joining us from Toronto today, correct? Correct. I'm right outside of Toronto. I'm in Mississauga. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. So we're talking from two separate uh, coasts of the country. I'm in Vancouver, so great to connect with you. So let's talk about Canadian small business women. What was life for you like before COVID-19 happened? Well, life was very social before COVID-19 happened. So, you know, we do host a lot of online events like webinars, right? But our meat and potatoes is having our in-person events. And we usually have five to seven of those per year. So we would have an event like in Ottawa or in Toronto in Niagara or the east of Toronto or west of Toronto. But, you know, now we can't. <laughs> <laughs> so before it was just a lot more time to be able to have face-to-face -face contact and a lot more time for me personally to be able to go out and speak to entrepreneurs at events. So would you classify yourself as a outgoing person, as an extrovert? Most definitely. <laughs> okay, so you, are you finding this extremely difficult then, this whole isolation thing? I'm, to be honest, at first I thought it would be very difficult for me because I love being out. And if it's a sunny day, I'm like the dog at the door. Like as soon as my eyes open and it's sunny outside, I jump out of bed and I just can't wait to go outside. I don't care if it's for a walk, but I love being outside just, you know, doing stuff. So at first I thought it would be very difficult for me, but because 
last um, last summer, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and then I had to go through cancer treatments starting in October. So I was already home a lot. So I got comfortable with being at home. Granted, when it gets warmer, I'm going to want to be outside, but I won't. But I have found that I don't mind being home. And I think, you know, things happen for a reason. Maybe going through that whole cancer treatment really put things into perspective for me and really made me just enjoy being home more because the normal me would be going stir crazy. Mm, that's a very mature way of looking at things. And wow. So, you know, since you've mentioned this, because I, I thought I've seen that somewhere on your website or heard it somewhere through your Instagram that you went through that experience of cancer treatments. First of all, are you, where are you at in this treatment uh, session? Are you all healed up and beaten this thing? All done. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's amazing. Congratulations. That is, you know, that is one of the greatest accomplishments anyone can add to their life. So congratulations. I'm so happy for you because uh, I know Thank a lot of you. people, you know, go through that and have a very adverse outcome. So very happy yeah. for you. That's amazing. And so those two things kind of ran into each other, you know, not to just focus on the health, but I mean, that's a huge part of what's going on right now. So as somebody who would have been considered the more vulnerable part of the population, that's an interesting point of view that you, you would be able to share with us if you're comfortable doing that. So, you know, knowing that this COVID-19 virus was in the world, how has that affected your mental state and, you know, just your outlook on life? And do you think that compared to somebody with a healthy immune system, have you been affected more just knowing that it's out there? So... You know, at the tail end of my treatment was when everything started to go awry, at least, you know, locally. I started seeing day-to-day -day changes at the hospital, you know, how I'm supposed to check in for my treatment, you know, having gloves, making sure I sanitize. So it got real quickly for me. I was very thankful on the last day of my treatment that I didn't have to go back out of my house. Yeah. So... I've never really been one who was afraid to live because I love everything about life. I am a lover of life legitimately, but I am also legitimately afraid of this because this is something that, you know, you can't control how you contract it. Mm -hmm. And no matter how careful you are, you can still contract it and there is no cure. And because I know that my immune system is definitely compromised, I don't leave my house. I left my house one day, I believe it was the 22nd of last month. And that was just to go pick up medication and to come back home. So I am insanely careful. I get everything delivered to my door. I wipe down everything, but it makes me very, very nervous. Mm. I can honestly say that if they said everything is safe tomorrow and they started ha opening everything and, you know, having social events, I'm still staying inside because I've never been this nervous about anything before. Right. And again, that's very understandable, knowing the background of your situation, where you're coming from. Right. And especially because you also have, like we mentioned in our introduction, you have a chemist background as well. So you understand things on a more micro level than most of the population as well. 
And I know that, you know, I had the wonderful opportunity recently to be on one of your Instagram lives where you're sharing other entrepreneurs through your platform and their journey. And we mentioned you getting takeouts and then dumping everything right at the door into uh, into your plate and throwing everything out and leaving everything outside and, you know, wearing your proper protection, your, your gloves and everything like that. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, it's an interesting time for sure. <laughs> it's our new normal. And, you know, we have to just be careful. I have a whole kit at my front door. I have a spray bottle of vinegar and water, a spray bottle of IPA 70, bottle of hand sanitizer, a box of gloves, like a, a box of masks, just all in a kit at my door. <laughs> right. So you're prepared. And we all have based on our situations, we have different attitudes toward this. And of course, as somebody, like we mentioned, with the compromised immune system already, and having just finished cancer treatments, of course, you have to be more careful. So, you know, hopefully this gives people in a similar situation or with family members in similar situation as you some ideas on how they can get through this successfully and how they can combat it. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and again, congratulations. That's amazing victory that you have on your belt. Thank here. you. Awesome. So turning things around and on a more positive note, I know that you have had to go through a lot of changes with your business setup and with your business model in terms of how it's affected your ability to not have in-person events. So let's chat about that. Yeah, I mean, when everything got shut down, the first thing that came to mind is, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for my events? Because I already had all my event dates set, all my locations set, speakers for most of my events were already set. So I had to think quickly. So I decided that I was going to spend a couple of weeks in front of my computer and just start researching. So I started researching conference platforms, you know, because I didn't want to just have Zoom conversations, nothing wrong with them, but it wasn't what I wanted in terms of to reflect an online version of my offline event. I wanted something that would be on par with my in-person events. Mm -hmm. And surprising to me, there are quite a few platforms out there. Also surprising to me, they're insanely expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there were some platforms that I was in love with, with my, you know, beer budget, champagne taste. I fell in love with platforms that were like 10,000 US dollars per event. Oh, wow. Like, uh, no, thank you. So you, then so jump in and interrupt your story, but would you mind sharing some of these? Because I personally, that's not something I have looked into yet. And I'm sure some of our audience would be interested in that. So the $10,000 one that I absolutely love, and if you can afford this for an event, please invite me to this event because I would love to experience it all. Yes, it's yeah. V-Fairs, like V-F-A-I-R-S. Beautiful, amazing, not in my budget. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's I'm very an awesome nice sponsor out there that wants to make it happen then I'll make it happen. There you go. <laughs> but the platform that I settled with, and it's not settle as in, you know, it will, it's just what I have to use. It's actually quite good, is Hopin. Now, we hosted our first event as a trial because I wanted to see how it would go. So I had, how my business model is set up is my speakers pay, my vendors pay, and our guests pay. So I had a totally free event, free on all ends. And the agreement was that the speakers would give me feedback on their experience. The vendors would give me feedback on theirs. And so would the guests. 
and it was amazing. And the turnout was incredible because in less than two weeks, we were able to get over 200 registrants from seven different countries. Wow. And that's when I said, this really happened for a reason for me in business, because now I'm able to not just focus on the local aspect of things. I can focus on it internationally. And this also helps my speakers because now they can get to be able to be in front of a wider audience and they can start thinking globally and not locally. So it went well. And now we're doing our next one in a matter of days. And I'm very excited. Amazing. So before we forget, today is May 9th, so this might not come out before your event does, but what day is your next event happening on? It's May 13th, but not to worry. We have a couple more coming up in the summer. So. <laughs> okay, awesome. Did you want to throw the dates in here now so that if people are listening later on, they'll be able to attend? Sure. I believe the one in July is July 20th, whatever the Saturday is. And then August 22nd is going to be amazing because it is our international edition and we are going to have international speakers. So I'm already in talks with speakers and we are going to have one from Canada, one from the US, one from the Caribbean and one from the UK. Amazing. We'll mention all the ways to contact you at the end and put the links in in the notes for the episode. But since we're on a topic, what's the quickest, easiest, best way to get in touch with you if people want to find out more about these? Well, I'm very active on all social media channels. So if you just drop in Canadian Small Business Women, I am all over it. Instagram, Twitter. I might not check my DMs in Twitter. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't open Twitter. But I do open our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And our website is canadiansmallbusinesswomen.ca. And on LinkedIn, you can personally connect with me at Dwayne McClarty Peel. Perfect. There you go. If you're interested in any of those events or being a speaker, if you're still looking for anybody, then uh, yeah, please go ahead and contact Dwayne on all those channels. So I would like to point out a few amazing things that you just kind of casually went through this process in your uh, speech here. But those are all huge adjustments because, I mean, you're going essentially from this is your bread and butter is doing live events and you have this entire year planned out you have all your events booked up you have venues you have speakers you have all this planning time resources and finances that have gone into this and you come to a dead stop so what are you thinking at that point you know i am really good with change so i try not to think in terms of the things that I really can't control. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. What, because I'm very analytical, because of my chemistry background, I'm very wash, rinse, repeat. I have a template, I know it works, so I will just move forward with that, which is why I already had dates set and venues set, because if I like the venue, I'll forever use it until I can use it no more. If I like the date, it will be that date every year until I can't anymore. So, Because in this instance, I knew the only thing I could do is to let go off of what could be and just focus on finding something that can work for now and for the future. That's all I did. I just could not lament. I'm also not the type of person who I don't let negative things sit for too long because life is too short. And I truly don't have the patience for it so you know like my family can tell you if I get mad it's for like 10 minutes because I I don't have the time I just don't so when it comes to something like this a crisis 
It's a crisis that's affecting all of us, but there is nothing I can do about it. So I will focus on the things that I can do. Mm. So just, yes. you know, forget it. I can't do those events in person. I'm not even going to do those events in person. Let's just say it's not happening. Move forward. Awesome. I love it. And again, we share that trait very much. So where it's like, you know, don't focus on what you cannot control. Just focus simply on the things that you can and take the next step. And as you take that next step, like you said, you started researching platforms right away. And it's like, oh, what do you know? There are tons of them out there. And then you come across the next stumbling block, which is, well, I can't afford the ones that I really like. But what is there that fits within my budget and still fulfills all the needs that I have to making it a high end event that would reflect reflect the quality, like you said, of what you normally would do in person so that one, you can give your existing audience the same experience or similar experience. And two, by attracting new customers and clients, you can show them, hey, this is what you can expect from me and from my business. And if one day you're able to join us in person. So I love that. I love that resiliency and that positive attitude of just, you know, just forge forward and see what you can make work. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I do try, you know, I try. And because, you know, I also do this and I like talking about the process. Thank you for giving me the platform to do that because I want other entrepreneurs to realize that sometimes we focus on the wrong things and I want them to not feel defeated because they're every day we can have our moment of defeat. Right. And we have to have thick skin as entrepreneurs. That's usually what I tell you know, I speak at a lot of new immigrant entrepreneur programs and immigrants always come in and they're already feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not a part of this society or oh my gosh, I am not this and not that, but you are so many things. But one thing you must develop is a thick skin and usually you have it because now you're in a new society. You have to build a little bit of a wall to be able to get through. So yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's amazing. And as somebody who came into Canada from a different country myself at 15, I can very much relate to that. So is that your background as well? Yes, I'm originally from Jamaica. Okay, wonderful. And so do you mind just sharing a little bit of how you came to be in Canada and why? Wow, it's an interesting story. Um, So we moved from Jamaica to New York when I was, I think I was about 10. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up moving to Canada when I was about 18. I was not pleased at first because I mean, what 18 year old is pleased about leaving their friends and coming to a new country? (laughs) I'm still here. That means it's fun. That means I like it. (laughs) Well, at least it was, I'm assuming from New York to Toronto area. So it wasn't that much of a stretch. It was, and it wasn't. I remember the first thing that I just could not understand is why transit wasn't 24 hours (laughs) and why there wasn't enough transit. Cause they're like, I remember, I think it was the first, the second week I was here, I took the train downtown to the Eaton Center and I found a job and I came home. I was like, oh, I was telling my dad, I'm like, I found a job. And he's like, how'd you get to wherever you got? I'm like, there are only two train lines. I think I have this under control. (laughs) So it's like, you know, coming from New York with however many train lines there are and then coming to two. And he's like, I didn't drive you there. How did you get there? I took a bus to the train. There are only two trains, so I can get there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess you got the the harder training to begin with. So then Toronto seemed like a small town. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's good. I like it here. So other than adjusting to a slightly smaller place and less transit, were there any other things that you found were a struggle for you at that point? Um, 
I don't know if I would say it's a struggle, but just something to get used to. I had to get used to the indirectness of Canadians. Ah, <laughs> that was kind of hard, you know, because especially I'm only 18 at this point and I'm used to the directness of New Yorkers. So when someone says something to me, I'm not sure if they really mean it because it's, and everyone is so nice that it's like, is this really genuine? It's, it was very hard for me for probably the first three or so years to really try to understand because you have to decipher what is genuine versus what is just people being polite. Mm. I would not have thought of that, but that's a very good point because that is something that New Yorkers are known for is being blunt really to a point of being offensive. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're coming to Canada where everybody, like you said, is just super nice. So most of the time. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is generously sponsored by Happileo Designs, which of course is my company. We provide graphic design, digital marketing, copywriting, and branding services. And of course, I also provide business coaching. So if you're looking for one-on-one advice on how to take your business from good to great, or if you're looking to join a mastermind, be sure to get in touch. Now let's get back to the episode and getting you online. Back to the COVID-19 situation and our current events and things that are happening. I really love your story of how you've taken this on. And again, like I mentioned, the positive attitude and the focusing on what you can control. What other things are there that you have found you have had to adjust other than on your personal level where, you know, you're coming from this fearful background, essentially. And then on the other hand, you have this super positive attitude towards your business and you're looking at it in ways that I have been encouraging people to look at from the very beginning of this, where it's like you are adding an additional source of income to your business for when this is all over and you can go back to what you were doing before, you will also have this additional thing that you can, you know, get income and revenue from and expand your region, expand your influence, your impact. So I, I've been seeing this as a very positive thing, you know, aside from the sickness and people that are affected in that way. And of course, all the losses of jobs and everything like that, which is very unfortunate. I'm very aware of all of that, but I've been focusing on that super positive outcome that will eventually be there. You know, if people adopt that long-term view instead of just a very short-term right now, this is how I'm being affected. So my question is what other changes and adjustments have you had to make aside from taking your in-person events to online and to digital space? Well, I know the biggest challenge I'm having now is convincing vendors, guests, and speakers and sponsors that this is more than your typical Zoom networking event. And, you know, it's like, you have to walk people through it to let them know the scope of it, that the same things you would get from an in-person event of vendors and video networking and main stage speakers and breakout sessions, that is the same experience that you will feel in these events. And it is hard for people to believe because a lot of people don't know these platforms exist. 
So that has been a big struggle. I can tell you for the past week, we have been trying to create videos or just having the conversations with people so that they can really understand that it's a lot more than just, you know, you sit there and listen to people speak forever and that's it. So it's trying to change people's mindset and let getting them to open their minds to all the possibilities that could be out there for a virtual event. And of course, now too, we have to start adjusting costs. Like how do we really, how do we really put a cost to a virtual event when one, the plus is you're reaching a larger audience, but two, the minus is it's new for a lot of people. And the fact that we're in a pandemic, people don't have as much disposable income. So how do you balance that and not cheapen your brand, but not also overprice yourself out of the market? So it, there's so many things that I'm continuously wrestling with and it will change from me event to event because I have been, for each event that we've had virtually, we try something new. Just one thing we try to change just to see how it changes the dynamic of how people respond to the event or how they don't respond to the event. Then we know what we can do going forward. Yeah, and again, that's brilliant. Like you mentioned earlier, you did a free event at first just to test it out, which, you know, that's that's a, such a valuable lesson for any entrepreneur that you can take away is your product fit, right? Just go test it out first, and then from there you can put the pricing on it like you're doing right now and iterate your, your product or your service, right? So get the feedback and then switch things around as needed and then, you know, go test the next version of your product or your service out there, which is exactly what you're doing with your event. So yeah, again, just a brilliant, brilliant strategy. So obviously you've been doing this for a while, so you know the ropes and in, ins and outs of this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like doing your own market research because this is the time where, you know, every piece of statistic counts because right now I'm looking at trying to approach large companies to be sponsors. How do I show them that it's valuable? Mm -hmm. Especially when you get the question of how many people do you expect to attend your event? Well, I don't know. This is new. <laughs> you know? It's, it's all new to all of us. So I can't give you a number. So you have to kind of build and try to figure out how to still get what you need or get what you want and have some kind of data to back it up. So how have you been showcasing to people? Like, did you record your initial free conference and now you're showing the video to potential sponsors or how are you going about this? So to be honest, I wish I recorded a lot of things from my end, but I was so busy trying to figure out how to work the platform and, you know, talking to vendors and speakers behind the scenes to try to work out any kinks. I do have snippets here and there, but what I've started doing is using some of the how-to videos that the platform um, providers have out there and going, hey guys, this is what the vendor experience is. This is what the speaker experience looks like. This is what the guest experience looks like. And you know, talking about it as opposed to typing it sometimes is good because a lot of times people don't even realize because even on my registration page I have, this is not your typical Zoom conference. This is a full scale conference and people still don't get it. So I have to tell them, I have to verbalize it. And then it's like, oh, really? That sounds kind of cool. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's amazing that these companies, you know, took that step uh, forward and they've actually given the different experience and broken it down like that in those categories so that now you can use it in terms to to get the speakers and the guests and the vendors. So, yeah, that's amazing. And then just to reinforce, what was the name of that platform that you've chosen as the, not to promote it too much, but, you know, a, a lot of other people will want to know this information. So resources resources i understand hopin h-o-p-i-n very good platform and i'm sure they should thank me at some point <laughs> yeah we should definitely reach out for sponsorship to them for your event <laughs> right <laughs> awesome all right so another thing that you have done and another piece of your accomplishments as a as a business owner and entrepreneur is you have written a book which is it's something we should definitely talk about. So let me pull up the name of it. It is called The Power Within, Inspiring Stories of Female Immigrant Entrepreneurs. I so, always have a copy on ah, hand. Yes, always have a copy on hand. That's what it looks like. Beautiful cover. I love it. Thank you. A very dear friend of mine designed the cover. Awesome. So yeah, so The Power Within, that's a very intriguing Title. So congratulations on, on coming up with the title that makes you want to read more and find out more. So let's hear a little bit more about your book. So early last year, I had this idea because, you know, I'm always trying to find new and unique ways to promote female entrepreneurs. And I wanted, it's one of those things where someone's like, you're going to be an author. I'm like, no, I'll never be an author. And I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> so I wanted to find a new way. And I said, you know, why not do a compilation book and give people who also want to tell their stories, but, you know, probably don't want to sit and write a whole book and probably don't know about the publishing process. And, you know, they want to get the, their names out there, try to find a way to give them this platform. Now, there are a lot of compilation books out there and the cost to be included in these books can be astronomical. Hmm. I can say that these ladies got this at a, as a, at a steal because it cost me a whole lot to publish this book and it didn't cost them much more than like $100. So what I did was I just put the call out there that I wanted to write this book and I wanted to feature some female immigrant entrepreneurs. I want them to tell their stories because Sometimes another entrepreneur needs to read that in order to get that drive to feel inspired to do, to know that they're not alone, to know that there are a lot of people who have been through the same struggles that they have been through and they're still successful. And I wanted to be able to use my platform in order to showcase these stories. So I ended up choosing five incredible stories and I self-published through Amazon. I had to learn the whole process myself while going through chemo, guys. <laughs> and, I mean, what else is there to do, apparently? Typical <laughs> high achiever right there. <laughs> I know. And funny thing is, I never say that I'm an overachiever. I always say, oh, I'm just average. But that's only because then it gives me the, you know, the upper hand and I can wow people. But <laughs> um, yeah, so we went through and I read these stories, got them out to an editor and had them edited. And um, spoke to a friend of mine and got the cover done and put it all together. The part that I wrote was just the intro and the thank you, but somehow I'm still an author. But the stories in there are very powerful, very impactful. And I believe that they will inspire others to really push forward with, I mean, your goal doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. It can be any goal, but just know that no matter what it is, that you can succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. You're so correct. We're 
we do need to hear these stories, which is one of the reasons this podcast came to be, is also to share stories of how people have gone and dealt with this situation to inspire others to, you know, keep forging forward and find ways to adapt and evolve and, and overcome. So thank you so much for everything that you do for the female entrepreneurship community in Canada. This is amazing. And now globally, now that you're able to expand through your virtual events, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I do try. I mean, I'm just looking at it as I'm learning the same time other people are learning and I can only give the ideas or whatever tools I've learned to others so that they can be better. And especially for immigrants, I really want to change the narrative of what a lot of Canadians or just a lot of native people, whatever country you're from, think of immigrants. We're not always just a labor force to come in and do hard labor. We can provide so much more to your economy. And the only way you can know this is if you take the time to get to know some of these people, read these stories and see some of the impact that some of these women have had on the cities that they've moved to. Yes. And again, having that experience where you come into a new country, don't speak the language and you have all these ideas that are locked in your head and you just have no way of expressing them and feeling at the same time that you're inferior. It takes a lot of guts and a lot of time to get to the point where, you know, as me with this podcast, where I feel confident enough that I can express myself. And yes, I stumble and, you know, it's like I search for words here and there and I say things funny, but yeah it's again just inspiring people that you have a message to share you have a knowledge that the world needs so you know put the effort into being able to express yourself and have the confidence to go out there and know that you have a contribution to make so yeah i appreciate you so much thank you so much for being on here as a guest and sharing your story your ideas your journey and everything that you're doing it's amazing thank you Thank you for having this platform that I can, you know, be here to share these stories because that is the first thing. You are a perfect representation of the people that I try to inspire. Like you are an immigrant woman came in and look at you now taking over. <laughs> well, and right back at you. Wonderful. Dwayne. Thank you so much. And one last time, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? So you can find me at canadiansmallbusinesswomen.ca. You can email me at info at canadiansmallbusinesswomen.ca. And you can find me on all social platforms at Canadian Small Business Women. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise with us. And until next time. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. I hope that you found it valuable and enjoyable. And if you did, I would be so grateful if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast. Also, another way you can support the podcast is by subscribing on your platform of choice and sharing with your network so that we can reach more small business owners who are trying to pivot online and so that we can all learn from each other. Now, as always, if you are one of those small business owners who have successfully pivoted online, I'd love to feature your story. So please get in touch either through my website, happyleodesigns.ca through the contact form, or you can also reach me through a DM on my Instagram account, which is at happy.leo.designs. I look forward to connecting with you next time. And until then, ciao.